Hey guys, it's Katie Brown here from NRL.com on Rabbitohs Radio and it's Women in League Ground. Rabbitohs Radio is brought to you by Export Freight Systems, Rise Foundation Australia, The Juniors, NG Farah and Burke Street Bakery. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast, Grant Chapel, Steve Maven and Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so I've, my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's doing, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are we? Mate, I'm good, mate. Very good, thank you. That's the way. Keen as today. It's going to be a big show. Big show. On what? the back of a night shift myself. Oh, yeah, Brownie's backing up from night shift. Hasn't slept yet. Little, yeah. little, little night shift bender. Rabbitohs Radio Bender. Yeah, you need a Burke Street Bakery coffee to keep me going. Got one right there. There you go. Chaps, what's on the show? Well, we're going to recap that big win over the Tigers. I wouldn't say it was a big win, but we were up early. We're up 20 blot and... It's a win. Blew the lead. We'll talk about that one later. A win's a win. Rabbitohs news. South Sydney women's team player, Katie Brown from NRL.com as well. We've got a good interview with her. Remembering a Rabbitoh, Phil Blake, NRL news, and Rabbitoh of the week, boys. The shout-outs are brought to you by Export Freight Systems. And we just mentioned it is Women in League Round. It's the 14th Women in League Round. And the theme this year is Strength to Strength. So to all the women in league, from the players, coaches, trainers, referees, volunteers, canteen ladies, supporters, partners, grandmas, mums, sisters, etc. We say thank you for making the greatest game of all better because of your involvement. Indeed, so, mate. Indeed. Yeah, it's no. a big round and it's a, it's a great thing. And just personally, my daughters, Jazz and Dem, when they were young, they played netball. They didn't play rugby league. But now there is young girls teams that they can play. So the women's game has evolved. That definitely has. There's so much opportunity for women playing rugby league these days. Uh, they get to travel the world and it's a great sport. Yeah. And having said that, my girls played Oztag and they were great little Oztag players. We won a couple of state cups. And one of the girls that I coached was Jessica Sergis, who is her mum, Jen, is related to my Mrs. Sam. And she's a superstar of the game, always had plenty of talent, and she's an example of a girl that she played netball as well, and Oztag, and now she's one of the superstars of this NRLW. They call her Winx. They do. That's it. Yeah, well, my daughter, youngest daughter, Samara, played last year, and she had a really good time playing Oztag, and she might graduate to the to the tackle game eventually, and... My nine-year-old's going to play this year, Oztag, so I'm looking forward to that. I think it's Monday nights. Looking forward to it in the upcoming season. I think it's good for girls to play Oztag. It's a great game, and it's a way they can get involved and learn the skills of the game. Brownie, you've got some more sad news this week. Yeah, more sad news. Uh, Once again, uh, condolences to the Dark family. It's been well publicised that young Joel Dark, 19 years of age, the cousin of Boyd Cordner passed away after suffering a, a head knock in his first grade debut, boys, playing for the 
Central Newcastle team. Sad news. That's tragic. That's terrible. So sad. Uh, I heard that news, yeah, via social media, yeah. Brought a tear to my eye. That's, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. So Boyd, Boyd's had a bit of a, a tough time himself. I know, I know they're arch rivals, but there's more, more to life than, than sport. And we'll talk about Boyd a bit later on in NRL News, boys. Our thoughts go out to the Dark family. And another shout-out to my uncle, John Newman, who is a big fan of the show, boys. John lives in Banoa on the Gold Coast, and he listens religiously every week. On you, Johnny. So yes, Johnny. To Johnny, uh, a big shout-out to you, mate, and uh, keep enjoying the show. We've got fans all around the place, haven't we, boys? We have, all over Australia and across the globe. We sure do. And another shout-out to uh, another fan of ours. A former WCT championship to a surfer, Blake Thornton. He's a great rugby league player in his own right. He was uh, playing for the Harold Matthews team back in the day. He was recruited to go over and play at Endeavour Sports High. Fantastic player. And he was out surfing one day uh, out at Cronulla there, and a rubber ducky ran him over in the propeller. Um, cut him open, I think, in the ribs and stuff like that. So we had to give the game away and Gee. concentrated on surfing and slugged it away on the QS for a few years. And... I made the championship tour. The only surfer ever from Maribyrnong to make it. Shout out to Blake. A beach yeah. inspector these days. He's a surf coach. He's got some great young talent. He's got a world champion in his stable at the moment. Could uh, have been a young. model too, I hear. Well, yeah, he's not a bad sort. Bit not like a bad, you, not bit, a bad style of a bloke. Bit like you chaps. Oh, he's, he's a better sort than me. That's not <laughs> I've got a head for podcasting. Anyway, shout out to you, Blakey. Yep. And last week, we had Lummy on the show, chaps. And there was a bit of a mix-up with the birthday. Well, I got the email a little bit late off Brad Ryder, which I always do. He's a big contributor to remembering a rabbito each week. And I just missed the fine print of his birth date, so I quickly went to Wikipedia. And last week, I was a bit like Brownie this week. I was doing the night shift, and I used the Wikipedia birth date, which generally is wrong nearly every time. Remembering a rabbito this week with Phil Blake, it was the same again. They had the wrong birth date. So apologies for that. I hope we did... Lummy Justice, because we've had a great response to it on all our socials. He's an absolute legend on and off the field. And I spoke to my mum about him, and she said she used to go to a few discos back in the day, and she had a few dances with Lummy, and she said, geez, he's a good mover for a big man. He had some really, really light feet, she said. Yeah. You could yeah. cut the rug. Yeah, you could cut a rug. Yeah, Lynn, she's a big fan of the show, isn't she, your mum? She is. Yeah, she's, she's pretty prolific on the socials. She is. Prolific or punishing? That's nah, up to you, man. She's a lovely lady. And the reason we said that about Lummy is because it would have been his birthday the day we recorded the show last week. And we missed that opportunity to say that, but we're saying it now. Happy birthday, Lummy. Happy yep. birthday, mate. Let's move on to Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. And chaps, you went up to Pinocchio's the other night. Tell us about that. I did, yeah. We were going to go out La Perouse and have some fish and chips, but the weather came over funny in Sydney that afternoon, so I chuffed up there to uh, Pinocchio's, mate. Had a great meal with the family. Saw Keith McCraw up there, his son, Sparkles. President and of the juniors. President of the juniors. I had a fantastic feed up there, boys. It was mm. unreal. I loved it. Nice. Okay, let's move on. The first news is that Jed Cartwright made his debut for the Rabbitohs. He's Rabbitoh number 1163. We'll talk about him a bit later in the recap. But he had a mixed debut. He had the ball stripped. But the first thing I noticed him do was a decent tackle. And he also got an offload away. 
So he might have a future. That kid. He's a good size, yeah. Good body shape, like that edge player or, or a centre, possibly. The next talking point is Wayne Bennett to the Broncos. Now, we don't like to talk about rumours here too much on the show, but the articles persist. I read something yesterday that a journalist said that he knows for sure that a senior manager has approached Wayne Bennett about taking the coaching role up there or the head... What is it? The coaching manager or coaching... Direct, uh, director director, director of coaching up there so it remains to be seen whether that'll happen I doubt he would chaps I don't think so mate you, you, you lay it all out on the table okay he goes up to Brisbane have come well, they're just about to come last so doggies can find a win in the last two games so the Broncos are stay marvellous last they haven't looked like a football team since COVID lockdown uh, they've just lost their best player most devastating ball runner and David Fafita to the Titans. Another player, Joe Offen-Gowie, has been asked to to have a look around. There's a bit of a clean-out going there. Unless Wayne's got a big say in who's coming in. Maybe a Cam Smith might come in, for example, or they might jag someone who's um, trying to get out of a deal, wanting to head back to Brisbane. But I can't see him losing, leaving the Rabbitohs. Look at the squad we got building, this young back row we got, and some great young centres, and the possibility of coaching this Joseph Sawali mm. if that comes to fruition. The reason I said Brownie. it before is that J- JD's waiting in the wings, Brownie, so the question will still remain, will JD be coaching the Rabbitohs in 2021? Well, look, he's, he's going to be our next coach without a doubt. If Wayne Bennett does decide to go, JD will be the coach, but look, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Bennett will be leaving. Like Chaps just said, there's too many pros and cons um, he's got a great bunch of kids coming through here at the at the Rabbitohs and I'm sure he wants to be part of it and it all went a bit sour with the Broncos when he left so I can't see him turning around and going back there after the way they treated him just with on JD we had someone question on, on one of our socials about JD's credentials and as far as I can say me and you have met him Brownie he's a fantastic guy brilliant football mind just very approachable and we've asked the players about him and they're all saying as soon as I met the guy I knew he was going to be good so anyone who's got any doubts about that he's also was a great player we talked to him on the show he was a star in the Super League star footballer he come back here he's coached team successfully in Queensland he was at the Cowboys when they won the comp and he's been apprenticed to the great Wayne Bennett what more could you say about the guy I don't see any question marks. I can't wait till he takes the reins, and it'll probably be 2022. But like I said, those rumours are persisting. Well, he's he's two from two, mm. 100% success rate. He's been assistant coach to a grand final winner, Paul Green. Uh, I've got no doubts about JD getting the job done, but I think it's going to be 2022 in my opinion because the other thing we haven't thought of, there's no grapper in Brisbane, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And, and you know what? I don't think Wayne wants to leave you on the Zoom press conferences, mate. I don't think the Broncos will be having them. Ah. And just on JD, he was all class in that two weeks as well, wasn't he? You know, he handled the media well. You know, a lot of these coaches that come in, they don't seem to handle all aspects of coaching, but he handled it like it was a... He's a winner. Definitely. He's a pro, mate. Jason Demetrio is a winner. I've got no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And talking of winners, Alex Johnson. He re-signed during the week. What a player. And from all reports, he's taken a pay cut. 
I asked Wayne Bennett about this and he said, well, sacrifices have been made for the good of the team. So that's awesome. And I heard Alex get interviewed on telly the other day. They asked him if it hurt him and he said it did. It hurt him that all this speculation and they didn't want him. And he went out there and proved that we had to keep him in his I did. don't think they didn't want him. They've always indicated that they they wanted him. It was just how they were going to keep him. Mm. And it, obviously it comes down to uh, salary cap issues. Yes. And they've found a way. Mm. But he's, um, he played. He said, I, I made sure that I played unbelievable, and he did, and forced their hand. So I think maybe they met in the middle somewhere. Mm. You know, he might have gave a bit of ground, and we might have gave some too. Definitely. Yeah, well, we spoke to the CEO here in the studio, and he indicated they put a certain um, figure on on Alex and his position and the manager and him were a little bit far apart but as the season went on uh, they sort of come a little bit closer and they come to an agreement and thank God he did so and I spoke in the Zoom press conference yesterday a few of the players and go and listen to Campbell Graham's response to um, Alex re-signing he sounds like he's a very very popular member of that team very important well Wayne Bennett said it as well and I think Renault you said that the cheer that went up when they when they yeah. announced it in the dressing room was something something else and you put a tweet out about it that mm. got reshared quite a few times did it what and it was just a feel good moment that we can just imagine when they said it and everyone just gave because he's such a popular guy yes in other news former Rabbitoh giant 6 foot 8 156 kilo giant Jordan Maylata made his debut for the Eagles yeah well it's one of the best offensive lines in the game the past few years that's an Stars out there. Anyway, Lane Johnson's gone down injured. The big star offensive lineman. And Jordan stepped up and I think he played the one and a half quarters at the back end of that game. Mm. So good luck to the young man. What an, what an achievement. A very technical position to play. That's what I was going to say. Uh, How hard is it, chaps, to make oh, a roster that, over there? That's huge. It's huge. Isn't it? no, one, a, no one's ever made a, a line position like that in the NFL. No. Well, We've had a couple it. of players try. Valentine Holmes and didn't do it. Uh, Jared Hayne because you're coming up against the most explosive athletes on the planet the defensive ends and, and you know some of those uh, outside linebackers that are they're just built so explosive they come up against a guy I think he was second pick overall last year Chase Young he was the he was the best athlete in the draft but the quarterback always goes off the board first in drafts and Chase Young uh, he had one and a half sacks straight up in his first game Chase Young chasing down the quarterback. Yeah, how ironic. And they gave up eight sacks, the Eagles, so it wasn't a great performance. But the thing is, like, he's never played a snap in NFL. No. And he's out there doing it. And the guy that he came on to replace came back on the field and they left him on. Yeah. So they have got big raps on the kid. And congratulations, Jordan. And the NFL season's kicked off and I got up at 3 a.m. to watch... My beloved Chicago Bears, and for the first three quarters, I nearly spewed me coffee, boys. They were disgraceful. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky couldn't hit a barn door. But um, you got going, did he, Mitch? In the end, <laughs> he got going. He got trucking in the end, boys. They were down twenty-three to six in the final quarter, and he put on a couple of touchdowns, and, and the boys got over the top. A nice pass down there to Anthony Miller, the rookie out of I can't remember who he's from. I think Alabama. Nah, he wasn't from Alabama, mate. But anyway, no, it's, it was great to have it back. I watched it all day yesterday. I absolutely love it. And you know, the New Orleans Saints look pretty hot. They knocked off Tom Brady's new team. Well, that's interesting. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's interesting because I was working. I didn't get a chance to watch it, unfortunately. But Tom Brady's gone to the Bucks, 
and they got beat first game. And then Cam Newton's gone to the Pats and comes out and has a blinder. He played well, yeah. Well, you know, Tom didn't play that bad. Like, I mean, I think he played okay at the start and threw a bit of a poor intercept. I think Janoris Jenkins ran one to the house there. But you've got to think, they didn't they didn't have any trial games. It's not ideal for Tom coming to a new system. Well, that's it. All new players around him. He's, he's star receiver. Uh, Mike Evans was injured. He's playing with a crook hamstring. So he's a star, that Evans. But they'll only get better. Gronk hasn't played for a couple of years. He looked a little a step slow. He looked like he missed his assignment a few times. But What, uh, what was the crowds? Chaps. Oh, I think... Some the of them COVID? had a little bit, but most of them had nothing. Yeah, okay. mm. some of them were real eerie. They didn't even have that background noise in some of the games. Some mm, of the yeah. calls, it was, it was really strange. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny. Like you said, Brady goes into a new system, throws two picks. He didn't throw two picks all of last year. No. One, you don't see him throwing pick sixes. Cam Newton was playing like a busted, injured. Goes into a system like the Pats, and as a blinder, Bill Belichick. There you go. Mm. We might chuff off to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. All right, listeners, we might get to that recap of the Tigers game last Friday night. A thrilling encounter in the end. Rabbitohs got away with it, 26-24. to They really faded at the end there, but the start was really impressive, boys. Got out to a 20-0 lead. I thought it could have been 50 or 60. I thought we are going to really go on with it. Our middles come off. We sort of fell apart a little bit in the middle. And a couple of those six again calls were a bit strange. I think they were lying all over us. We couldn't get a call. And they seemed to get a few penalties, a bit of weight of possession, and they scored a couple of quick tries and made a real fist of it. Oh, we're never in doubt, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a perfect start. Like I said 20 nil. Everything was humming along, and then just a couple of drop balls turned the tide, and the Tigers fought their way back into it. Now, they played a bit of good footy, give them credit, but we weathered the storm, came out in the second half, and got the job done, which is all that matters, and it was a good performance. Well, like Brownie said last week, they've got nothing to lose, the Tigers, and they played like that. They Some of the passes for Benji Marshall were... You know, outstanding, weren't they? Putting putting blokes in space. Had they had a bit more of an experienced left winger there, they 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 probably score a couple more tries, Brownie. Yeah, well, it's hard to defend when you're playing a, a team like that. It's got nothing to lose, and they're throwing the ball willy nilly. And like you said, Marshall went down that left hand side about three or four times. He threw a few over the sideline. He was kicking on second and third tackles. So very hard to defend. And at the end of the day, we were probably lucky to get the win. They had a couple opportunities to win the game towards the end of the uh, the, the 80th minute and um, you know we we're lucky to come up with a win we done enough in the first half an hour to lead you know 20 nil and we were lucky enough to score a try when they had 
11 men, I think it was. Well, what about that drama? Yeah. How, how, when was the last time you saw a game with 12 against 11 on the field? Mm. And we embarrassingly nearly didn't score until the 30 seconds to go, which I'm glad we did because that was the difference in well, the that one the game for Well, us. they found yeah. an overlap when they had 11 men, we had 12. At one stage, that was a, that was a strange know. one. But look, boys, I want to just have a little chat about the, I think it's from about the 20th minute to the 24th minute. We kicked a penalty goal off the back of a, a way to possession. Under the sticks, bang. They mm. kicked off to us. We did a nice little spread off the kickoff. Worked our way down. Cody Walker jumps out, a dummy half off a great Cam Murray um, hit up. Where he poked his nose through the line. Bang. Puts Cody through the hole and Corey Allen dives over. They kick off again. We do another beautifully worked set. Do a set play about the 45 out from our own line and scored again. Yeah. No, that was a fantastic. It was impressive. Four minutes. It? We scored 14 points in four minutes, boys. That mm. was enough to, to get us home. I think you said that was the most impressive two sets of six you've seen all season from any team. I, I, I don't know, boys. Is, is that a oh, mate, outlandish it. statement? I, I don't know no. if I've seen well, uh, two sets of six uh, better than that. The spread from our own line, mm. it was unbelievable. Like, And it doesn't happen very often because everyone's about completing and holding the ball. But mm. we had the confidence to do that. Well, We've obviously the, the coach has done their homework. and They would have watched... Um, the Tigers, you know, there might have been an area where they don't chase the kick down on the opposite side of the field. And credit to the man we we're just probably talking about, Jason Dimitriou. Yes. Probably put that in place. Because so. it's an easy 40 metres up the left there for us. Yep. And bang, we're on the front foot. Cam Murray, quick play of the ball try. Mm. So when yeah. we've done that spread, we, we sort of like just went one back to the centre and then we went back down that short side again and a nice little... Hands play, and uh, I think Campbell Graham scored. Yep, uh, mm. down down that left hand edge, and sure did, mate. Yeah. It was a nice little and work. You, and, and you mentioned um, you mentioned Corey Co- Allen come into it, a little yeah. tip on pass, which put AJ into space to put um, Campbell Graham away. Mm. But I, I just want to talk about the spread off the kickoff. I can remember, I think it was uh, maybe some of those late nineties Broncos teams. They used to do it a fair bit, especially when they just off they back of scoring points, and they felt like they had. Um, a team on the ground there, boys. Mm. I, I reckon that might be... It could be a Wayne Bennett thing, that one. Steve Renoff. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, don't forget, that was off a scrum set piece from a scrum. I was at that game. Mm. Yeah. I just love seeing us playing footy. And another yeah. another thing I noticed is that Cody and Renault on the same side, which oh, was beautiful. which was a bit of a lost art. It was... You're seven on one side, you're six on the other, and you have your edge back rowers, and you just go one way or the other. But to see them combining... They set up a beautiful try on the right there. Mm. I think it was the second half. Oh, it's beautiful. It was just great hands. And having your best two ball players on the same side, creating opportunities, it's just... Who, it's played, who played the ball for that set? Oh, was it Cam Murray? Cam Murray. <laughs> Definitely. Stood in the tackle, yeah. played yeah. the ball, they went bang. Yeah, Cody just going, Walker always pulls a set play off him. Yeah, going back to Cody uh, roaming around the field, and, and you go back to all the good sides, especially the sides in the top four, and you have a look at all their halves. You know, uh, especially the Roosters, Luke Keary, he roams all around the field. Um, you know, you've got Cameron Munster, who, who does the same. So all them top sides, their halves, they get around the field and, and it doesn't, they don't play left and right. They just, they play what's in front of them and, and they'll, they'll pop up anyway. Yeah. And, and players that deserve special mention. So you've got your up front, Burgess and Liam. No, I had Tom played well, big games. Jaden Silver. Bailey Sirenham was your man of the match, chaps. He was everywhere. He's just everywhere. He's been great for us. Some big hit up. What about some cover tackles? Mm. He'd yep. he done a couple of tries over and I had to double look and go, was that him again? 
you know, yeah. on the line. Mm, so yeah. he's he's growing in stature, boys, week in, week out. He's someone we've got to re-sign. Don't forget, he's unsigned next yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good team performance, but some of the backs then. Campbell, Campbell Graham. Yeah, Campbell Graham. I thought Campbell Graham was our best. Uh, there, was, there was one period there where he he came up with a a crucial tackle, a try-saving tackle. He forced an error. Oh, that was just And then he had the next hit up. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's uh, he's another player that's grown in stature and I thought he was really good on the weekend. He come up with two tries and uh, he does a lot of tough carries as well. So, you know, well, I think he's playing really well, Campbell. Yeah, and also AJ dropped that ball. It was unlucky. Campbell put it right on his chest and like I said, I think I said to you too, 99 times out of 100, AJ snaps that up and scores in the corner. But just that one time... And Campbell probably could have scored himself. The line was wide open, but unselfishly, he thought he'd put it to his winger. And Freddie, um, they interviewed him on yeah, Channel was... 9 Footy Show Sunday. Freddie, give that. it to him. Yeah. You're not welcome here, Freddie. Don't yeah. give it to our boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he, look, he made a mistake. He put his hand up, but um, he won't do that yeah, again, I boys. Think, I think AJ said... I thought he had I, a good game besides yeah, that. He said, uh, AJ said, well, if I would have caught that ball... The Tigers would have went on and won. That's yes, right. He, did. <laughs> he had a he good did. reply. Yeah, <laughs> he is pretty sharp reply. We'll, we'll try and get AJ on. And oh, we've got to get him on. We got AJ. If you're listening, call us. All right, boys. A bit of a throwback there. It was it was great to see. I know there wasn't many fans at the game, but I know myself at home. I love to see a good stink there. You know, he threw the ball at him, Gagai at Brooksy, and Brooksy's come back and put one on his chin, and I think Gagai got a few uppercuts in the in the scrummage, boys, and they were sent off for ten. And I thought that was fair enough. But the, the NRL seems to be able to suspend players now two weeks, one week. Well, that's the rule well, now. What do you think, boys? Like, I mean, if you're running the game, do you think that's fair, a one-week suspension for for something like that, a little melee? Oh, the, I the, thought the sim bin was enough. I think so. but I didn't even see Gagai's punch. It must have been a little sneaky one. It wasn't much in it. It was more of an open-handed... More of a shove. Pu- no, like shove. Jump no, a punch, wasn't it? Or might something? have been They're that. They're saying it was an uppercut. See, he's missed that. That was now. That was in the scrummage. Was in the, I think, when it, it I was, sort of, well, it was a bit of a push. Yeah, but he kind of hit him before the. It was right. more, it was more yeah. of a push. We might have another look at that. But since the striking rules come in, all the players are aware of it, and it has cleaned the game up. There's no place in rugby league for punching to the head or anywhere on the body. Well, there is, there 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 is, but you. You get penalised for it. Well, you're going to get a week off. That's and the right. thing is, I was going to say, well, Gags- the fans get penalised because we yeah. don't get to see our, well, that's right. our good players. Why wouldn't a fine be 15 grand fine for a punch, boys? Mm. Well, because that's not as oh, big you'll as... think th- about it. That's not, well, that might only be a week's wages for some of these guys. thing is, Gags run for like 16 runs, 217 metres. We're going to miss him. Definitely. So it's costing your team if you do get involved in these things. So mm. unfortunately, that's the rules now and it is a deterrent. And he's only just come back as well. He'd come back. So now I think... And, and had a great game. Yeah, and so now we're going to miss him again. So it's we're going to talk... spiteful between these two teams, boys. It has. Go back, Latrell. It's a bit of feeling. Latrell and Josh yes. Reynolds missed a few weeks. Had a bit of a stink. Grubby did the kick to the head and Latrell so, giving one. So look forward to next year's uh, contest, boys. And we did lose Latrell then for three weeks, I think it was. Two weeks. Uh, was it a week or two he got? Uh, uh, he might have copped two because he had priors. I think he had to take a guilty plea. Two weeks. And we missed him. This week's guest is brought to you by... Rice Foundation Australia. Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got South Sydney women's team player number 60, Katie Brown. Welcome to Rabbitohs Radio. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you having me on. No worries. Now, where are you from and what was it like growing up there? So I'm from Grafton, um, on the mid-north coast, 
and I love growing up there. I always thought I'd move back, but now I probably don't think that so much. I love childhood. I played heap of sport growing up. I grew up riding horses, actually. That was my main sport. Got a sister, uh, older sister, younger brother, mum and dad, and they still live in Grafton, and that's, a, that's about me in a nutshell. Katie, it's Steve Maven here. So you're a bit of a sportswoman. Uh, sports yeah. Sportswoman of the Year at Macaulay Catholic College. You played rep netball. And you also played yeah. Aussie, Aussie Rules for the Broad Beach Cats. How's about that? You've done some research. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds all right on the resume. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I absolutely love sports because I wasn't a very good student. So I used to apply myself to the sporting field and get out of as much English and math as I could. And it's kind of funny that I am now a journalist, which requires you to spell and talk properly. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit ironic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Katie, um, it's Brownie here. Um, you just mentioned the, the Broad Beach Cats. Is that up on the Gold Coast? Yeah, so I've moved around a bit with um, my journalism career and when I was on the Gold Coast, AFLW started. And so when I saw that on the TV, I thought, oh, well, better give that one a go. Channel 7 broadcast that and I signed up for the Broad Beach Cats and loved it, absolutely loved it. Nick Rewalt actually... Um, played for that club oh okay uh, yeah yeah we won the premiership went through the season undefeated it was just one of those years where it was just a perfect team like we just clicked so well had the best culture best coach best teammates and it showed we couldn't be beaten it's really taken off hasn't it the the women's afl yeah it's awesome and it's i think it's not the only one either and i think because we're broadcasting these women's sports other women go, oh my gosh, like we can actually play that because if you don't see it, you can't be it and you actually don't know it's there until it gets put in front of your face if you're not looking for it. Yeah, and it's women in league round and that's one of the reasons we've got you on. Women's sport has exploded in popularity and it's only going to go from strength to strength as the theme of women in league is. Yeah, I really, I hope so and I think um, each year it's, getting bigger and bigger like you mentioned um, I actually last week was having a discussion in our office at the NRL going oh, I just I don't know about this women in league like isn't it a bit tokenistic and then they're like Katie we thought you'd be a big supporter like you know talking up women in sport and I thought oh but it should just be celebrated every week like aren't we at a point now where we don't need to single single it out and then I spoke to Katie Page who's the founder of Harvey Norman Women in League Round last week and I think I got put in my place it was the conversation I need to have because she said you can't stop like yes we've come so far in 14 years from bringing in this Women in League Round but when you stop things will just go south again so you've got to keep pushing and um, I think we've got to keep putting out there and recognising women in rugby league but also in sport in general so I guess it keeps improving. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Makes sense yeah. to me, mate. Now, why did you decide to play rugby league? It's obviously late last year. You, you you put your hand up. Yeah, I it had been on my mind for a couple of years, probably since I came down to the NRL, um, and then when the first NRLW season kicked off, I saw those women and thought, oh, there's just something in me. Like I just love giving something a go, and um, because I played other sports. It got to the end of last year and South said that um, announced Dean Witters was going to be the coach. I'd worked with him before at the NRL and so I just had a conversation with him and said, 
you reckon I had like, yeah, I'd have a go. I've never played a full contact sport like that. I've only played Aussie rules. Netball was my go. And he said, absolutely. Like, you'll be great. Come on, like, come down. We're getting a heap of new girls. You'll fit in. And it was really daunting, but it was one of the best things I've ever done because it just took me way out of my comfort zone. And I just, I just like to give things a crack. And covering the game, it's helped me so much learning different plays, the ins and outs of how people prepare for a game and the talk that goes on behind the sheds, just all those little things that you don't realise if you don't play it. Yeah, well, that's things that we grew up with as, as boys, yeah. but it wasn't really a girl's thing back no, in the day No, and up. my parents were not supportive. Um, like, bless them, love them, <laughs> but they were like, Katie, like, you know, you're going to get hurt. Those girls will be out to get you. Like, you report on it and... Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know, I didn't care really. And then I broke my nose. I thought, oh, damn it, they're right. Yeah, we saw the photo <laughs> but, um, of that. It was, a, it was a beauty. Yeah, they, um, <laughs> it wasn't even a good story though. I was just trying to score a try and then it was get, those defenders were getting off me and the last one just thought she'd put her knee on my face to get off me and just broke. Oh, well, that's footy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you must have been that a was- proud moment when Dean Wittes presented you with your jersey. And Tasha Gale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, him and Tasha Gallia yeah, so cool. Um, I think there were so many emotions and I actually tried to, I, vi- I made a few videos um, just because I had so many emotions from all the hard work. So I was holding my breath about being selected and Dean actually told me on the Thursday, look, I know you're a mess. I'm just telling you you're in the side, like get out to training and have fun. And uh, So then when game day came around, I just, I couldn't believe I was actually going there to play rugby league it was the absolute best and I look up to both of them so much so it was really really special well, tell us about that um, debut day 25th of July versus the Roosters up there on the Central Coast yeah so uh, I had been training all pre-season until probably the last month in the centres thinking I'd play on the wing or centre and then the last month then I was like you know if you're not scared the best place to learn is in the middle I was like, I'm not scared. Put me in the middle. <laughs> so <laughs> when um, I thought maybe I'd go on an edge. Anyway, no, I, um, he said, Katie, like warm up. And so I warmed up and I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And he said, okay, um, just go go somewhere in the middle. And I was like, no, what side? And he said, no, 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 you just, just go anywhere in the middle. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> in the engine room, straight in the engine room. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. And uh, they kicked it off in the second half and, yeah, halfback Bella passed it to me, and I just, I just, I couldn't feel anything. I just remember running, and then bam! But I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything, and I actually dropped the ball when I went to play the ball. So that was that was the moment I won't forget. Cause my first bloody hit up, I dropped it. But after that, I kind of got in the groove, and I just just wanted to run. I just wanted to have a go. The more you get into it, I just felt like I needed to keep doing it. But gosh, I was blowing. It, hard work out there. <laughs> is there a plan to uh, play on next year? I'd love to. Um, I guess the positive for me out of COVID is that I've had the chance to be at home more and actually be available to train and play this time of year. I'm never um, at home. I'm usually living out of hotels, which I absolutely love covering the game. So it just depends on where I'm at in my career next year with work and if I can fit it in, absolutely. So I just feel like I'm so not done there yet. Just want more. 
Oh, good stuff. Well, Katie, we might get you to put the coach's hat on. You are an analyst there on NRL.com. Um, how did the South Sydney women's team fare this year? I think we're we're in a transition period. So, yeah, if I'm going to take my players' hat off, I think there's a lot of changes happening at that club. And Dean has sort of, from the start, said, if you don't have the right attitude, I don't want you at training. And so we did see a big turnover. There were girls coming and going and... Um, a very different team by the last few rounds. But there's like a really special, I know we overuse the term culture, but that's what he's trying to build. And South Sydney, it's not, not something to take lightly wearing that jersey. And I think it's really good having someone like Dean who can stress that because you can't take that for granted. You don't just get given it and get to play for South. So you've got to be there for the right reason. So I'd say on the field, we were definitely by the end really playing for each other and digging deep. But there's a lot of work to be done. I can see us really being a force um, with another full preseason under our belts and just a few more games because we've got a bit of experience. I mean, like myself, you know, only two rugby league games and never played before. So we've got some, yeah, we've got some work to do. But next year, I reckon could be definitely our year. Yeah, Katie, you just uh, you just mentioned uh, the jersey. Now, mm. the red and green jersey's got a lot of history and and culture behind it do you girls learn about the history uh, of the and the tradition of the club yeah we did in pre-season um, which I thought was really special because before COVID we got to train out of Redfern so I would we got to see all of the the men who had played before us and um, see the premiership one and the awards one and Dean would tell us stories and we actually had to write down what playing for South meant to us and how much pride there was and it's not something you get given so I think that was really important because you're right there is so much history playing for South and I think when you really think about it you've got to put yourself in that um, mindset and you go wow this is huge I think that's why no one in my family is rugby league orientated except for my pop and so when I told him I was playing for South, it was like somebody else finally got it, how much it meant, whereas my my family had, doesn't really have any idea of <laughs> what it really meant. Who did Pop support? He bloody supports the Brisbane Broncos. Oh, the Broncos. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but he, was, he was so, so stoked for me, and that was really special when I got to tell my Pop that I – was going to play for the Rabbitohs and that I was number 60 and yeah he just thought that was the best thing which was really cool <laughs> well, Just before we move on from the women's team give us some players to watch some emerging talent from that squad Yeah, um, ooh, gosh, okay Well Ellie Johnson, There's... Grant's got Ellie Johnson written here, is, is she well, I watched, play... I watched yeah. you guys play on that um, the very first ever Monday night football game versus the yeah. Bulldogs and there was that horrific injury but Ellie Johnson stood out to me in that game she is such a, a, an incredible talent and she's such a leader. So she's already our vice captain. She's already been called into the Blue squad. So she's been training with the Blues and she has been picked up um, by the Dragons. So she'll play NRLW. She's a rugby girl and always played sort of front row, but really wants to, she actually wants to play um, back row or centre because no one would be able to bloody stop her. Like, if you watch that game on Monday night, she's so strong. Um, <laughs> she's a ball player. She holds so, yeah, the ball in two hands down the short sides and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it was impressive. Good luck, right? Yeah. 
Um, and then there's another girl, um, Christine Pauly, who came um, after row, yeah. COVID. Yeah, she's another one in the middle, and she is just good luck trying to stop her as well. Tar Hunter, Talia Hunter, she plays fullback for us. She just, for her size, she just does not stop, has such a go. She's great in support plays. Um, she scored a couple of tries herself. So uh, we're pretty lucky. And then our hubs. So we had hubs who... Sarah came down to our field, came down from Rockhampton. Uh, she played All-Stars, actually, a few years ago. But she was incredible. She's really she's really great in defence as well. And then Arabella McKenzie, who came over from rugby and hadn't played rugby league since she was 12. So the, I feel like those two were really just meshing in the last couple of games. But unfortunately, it's the season, season too late. How many girls were in the squad? Uh, so at the start, I think we had about 40. And then... Oh. By game time, I think we got it cut to like 22, 24. Yeah, about that. We had two sides to play each other, so yeah. yeah. Now, we follow you and Alexis from the women's team on Instagram. So we saw you had a bit of a fancy dress Mad Monday type celebration. And, <laughs> and you were Nanny Darlene, I believe, and you were busting a, <laughs> busting a few moves, doing the worm. Yeah, you had my move. My favourite move used to be the dolphin dive into the worm, and looking at that, you've perfected that. Thank you. Look, that is my party trick. The girls do try and make me do that every time. But my mum actually, um, she called me and was like, Katie, have you hurt yourself? I'm like, no, mum, don't worry. I won't do that again. (laughs) But it was a great time. Nanny Darlene was having a hoot. (laughs) No, it looked like a great day. And and you once said you were contemplating being... Didn't know whether you wanted to be a J-Lo or a Britney Spears. Have you got that entertaining side in you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where are you finding this information? <laughs> oh, well, we're, we're talking to a reporter. We want to do our research. Yeah, I know, right? Gosh, I love it. Um, yes, growing up, J-Lo and Britney Spears were two of my absolute favourites. I did love Nelly Furtado as well. But I think maybe that's why I do enjoy journalism because um, I never knew it was an option. I was always going to be a PE teacher and then... Yeah, got into journalism, and I just love sharing people's stories. But I also feel like uh, I don't know. I like to have a bit of fun, and I must have a bit of a sense of humour or character because I do like to, to yeah have a bit of fun sometimes. But so, no, so I can you sing? No, I can't sing. <laughs> Come on, sing us a what, tune. <laughs> what do you want me to sing? Well, we'll just give us your go-to tune if you had to get sing karaoke. Oh, Uncle Cracker. That's okay, a good one. okay, give us a bit of that. Follow me, everything is alright. I'll be the one to tuck you in at night. And if you want to leave, I can guarantee you won't find nobody else like me. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't I can't believe you guys are back. That's <laughs> awesome. That was great. That was awesome. That's great. Was that like a 10 out of 10? Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> that was very, very good. That'll be on the highlights package. Yeah, that'll make that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we, we had to get you to sing after the Mad Monday talk, so that that sort of that sort of worked in really well. Now, how did you end up down there at NRL.com? Uh, is that is it's a bit of a dream job for for a sports mad person like yourself? Yeah. Oh gosh, count my lucky stars. Um, well, I was working for Seven uh, on the Gold Coast, and so I'd done my sort of regional stint. Reporters generally go regional, so I did Harvey Bay and Rockhampton. And um, when I was on the Gold Coast, I got a call. 
uh, from a guy called Kurt, who was at the NRL, and said, we're starting an NRL digital department. We've seen your work. Would you consider moving down? And I was like, whoa, no, because I love Channel 7. But um, I don't know. We just spoke, and then he talked about the opportunities, and I thought, wow, this could actually be really good for me and learning more about the game. And I'd always been a Grafton Ghosties fan as a, as a teenager, but rugby league, the love for rugby league sort of came later for me in life um, not until I was in high school watching my boyfriend's play footy so um, when that opportunity came up I yeah, thought wow I've really got to go for this so it's been almost three years I've been in the NRL and yeah I think I need to probably look at what I've been able to do since I've been down here because gosh I've had some amazing opportunities I've been super lucky and you're on the show inside the NRL and you work with the likes of Jamie Soward. What's he like to work with? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll tell you and he'll back me in this. When we first met each other, he did not like me um, <laughs> and he was so rude to me. Uh, but we, we openly talked about that. He walked in and said something like, oh, why are you even hosting? No one even knows who you are. And he was, and I say to him, you were such an a-hole. Um, <laughs> but he was just working me out because I think I respected him I knew who he was he didn't need to respect me he didn't know who I was well Hmm. that could be argued but um that was a bit rude of him yeah and and he was like oh look we're mates now and to be fair he um he really looked out for me now he is very supportive of me now he just had to work out who I was because to be fair I think he just thought I was another female who was just going to put my face on the screen and didn't care for the game, just was a puppet. And then I think he realised uh, pretty soon that I just wanted to talk footy with them and I just I just loved sport too. So it wasn't about me looking pretty on screen. It's been a battle for women to become part of the rugby league commentary scene. And now you see the likes of Erin Molan, Von Sampson. There's so many ladies doing a great job but it, it was a bit of a tough slog for you in the early days like you said yeah I um there's so many women who I can now watch and go oh my gosh like I love I love Ruan Singh's commentary I reckon she's she'd have to be in my eyes I think she's my favorite I love listening to how she can pull apart a game mm. um but yeah there's there's tons and to be fair I didn't really noticed that I was a female in the men's game because the players are great to me. Um, I think you've just got to make sure you really set yourself as a professional in this industry and uh, you can be their friend but there's sort of a line there and everything's been, yeah, not that I think there's probably women who have gone through more than me. Like I know poor Erin Mullen cops it like there's no tomorrow. She just can't catch a break. It's so Mm. unfair. Yeah, it is. Now, speaking of the NRL, and you've got a, you just spoke about a great understanding of the game, and you probably see a lot of the teams play week in, week out. Who's your tip to win the NRL? Okay, so for the grand final, I actually had South and Raiders in there, but that was a long time ago. So now I feel like I'm torn between picking the Roosters or Melbourne Storm. Do I have to pick one, or can I sit on the fence? <laughs> yeah, well, oh, well, give us one because when they, when they when one of them wins, we can play it back and say what a genius you were. <laughs> Fine, okay. Um, I love an underdog, even though they're not underdogs. Let's just go to Melbourne Storm. 
Yeah, oh, that, oh. that sits pretty well here on yeah. Rabbitohs Radio. So. Glad, you didn't, <laughs> glad you didn't say the Roosters because we're, we're not we're big fans. Anti-Roosters. But I actually agree, yeah. Very anti-Roosters, yeah. If it's not South, I think those two sides are going to be very hard to beat. As good as the Panthers have been going with only one loss, it's uh, mm. it's going to be an interesting to see how the finals pan out. The NRLW is kicking off this month. Have you got a, a tip for that? Okay, I still think the Broncos could be en route to be 3P, but the Dragons have picked so many new uh, players to sign there, and I don't know how they're going to fit all the stars in their lineup. I think it could be that those two will face off again in the grand final, but then you can't underestimate Warriors because yeah. Brad Donald's coaching them. Yeah, I do. Th- I think in the grand final will be Broncos Dragons again, though. Well, Jessica Sergis is related to my daughters. She's a great player, Jess, isn't she? Yeah, they nickname her Winx because, mate, she can run. She yeah. is so strong as well. Yeah, there's, there's some, and they've got Isabel Kelly down there as well. Um, Maddie Studden. Maddie Studden. She's a former yeah. host on the show, Maddie, so we're always a big fan oh, of her. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yes. cool. We, we had her on last year. She's yeah. turned it around, hasn't she? Because, like, remember when she played for Roosters? She had to sit out in the grand final, and then she's just turned around. She's got, she's improved her game so much, come back bigger, better, stronger. She has. Now, we've spoken about your work in the media. You speak exceptionally mm-hmm. well. What advice can you give us three on the podcast? What do you do to make sure you speak well and present a good show? Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, before I go on, I get in my zone, so I like to listen to some music. Depends what mood I'm in. If I'm feeling a little bit flat, I like to listen to country music because I feel like you can't be cranky when you listen to country. <laughs> and or I listen to like hip hop, R and B, Cardi B. I'm a big Cardi B fan because she just gives me some attitude. So that's what I do. <laughs> I get in my zone, and I I just remember to back myself because I do know what I'm talking about. But sometimes it's easy to second guess yourself, and I know when I have a bad show, it's when I haven't backed my ability, which is silly. We shouldn't do that. We should just have confidence and have fun because the viewer just wants to have fun with you as well we just do sort of Tommy Rudonica style slap each other in the face before we before we <laughs> turn the lights on yeah, yeah. just to get us in yeah. the mood you know what I mean for rugby league but... I do that before a footy game not before a <laughs> show <laughs> uh, we get fired up here on Rabbitohs Radio yeah love that now you spoke about being a rookie for the Rabbitohs this year now um, we've been rookies in the press conference world the Zoom press conferences how do you think we're going no, I think you guys are doing great. I love that. It actually makes me giggle because, you know, if Wayne's feeling the heat, Rabbitohs Radio steps in to save him. And yeah. I go, oh, come on. <laughs> but yeah. it's, been, it's actually been good. And it's got people talking because people are like, who's Rabbitohs Radio? I think it's fantastic to have different media involved with press conferences and, and covering the sport. Like, it's anyone's game. It's not... The beauty of that is not just about mainstream media being able to talk to coaches and players, and it shouldn't be that way. It's awesome. Yeah, and we feel yeah, like the, sorry, we feel yeah. like that we're asking legitimate football questions as well, not just you know fan based questions as well. So we know that yeah. you, you know you guys have to ask sometimes if there's a story breaking and whatever. But you know we yeah. we still like to know the team changes and things that we know the fans want to hear about the team. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that's what the beauty of it is. And I think you guys, you've worked it out because you, you kind of, I don't know, how did you feel going into 
the first sort of press conference questioning, you go, oh, like, when do I step in? Like, yes. Yeah, I didn't uh, yeah, the- It was nerve-wracking. It really was. We were all yeah. just thinking, what are we saying? The, the nerves were pumping. But now we just sort of put the headsets on and start chatting away and just like we're talking to you now. So it does, <laughs> yeah. do, it does get easier, yeah. I feel like, because I reckon I've been on maybe three or four with you guys and I, I already can feel the difference because, you know, you know when to step in. If no one asks you a question, you go go for it. But then you also appreciate when there is the mainstream journos really fanging for a, a line from Wayne or a player, you know, just to hold back until that's finished. Like, yeah, it's yep. great. Well, the grapple. Well, done, well, the grapple one. I, I sort of let it go for seven or eight minutes, and I thought it's time to come in. You know, stop, yeah. stop picking yeah, on the no. poor old bloke. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's when Wayne. Broke, <laughs> that's when Wayne broke the COVID. That's when I said, bubble. "What was it like? The it food, was, you know." Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. The first one. The first it. one I did made the news, which is we just we're in our uh, where our sponsor is at Berkshire Baker. We set up the laptop and had a go and. And I thought, oh, what can I say? We're playing the Roosters in round three. And I just jumped in and got a question about the lack of crowds the Roosters had and does it give them a distinct advantage? And Reynolds laughed and, and it made Channel 9 news. So we, we got off to a flyer. Wayne's, always, Wayne's always looking for chaps to save him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And in his line, oh, well, thank God you guys. Yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> we love that. We, he loves that. We love that. He does. If you guys get to have a coffee with him, don't forget my invite, all right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, you've done a show, Coffee with Katie, as well. Is that still going? I did. No. So that kind of stopped just a bit before COVID. But the aim of that was to try and I, I kind of like what you guys do in the sense where you're not just uh, trying to fang for a, a news headline. I was just trying to uncover a few players and share their stories, that who they are away from rugby league. So I I really like uncovering players' stories. Well, exactly right. We do love doing that. Speaking of players, yeah. telling their story. People listening to this are listening to your story, and it's been a great one too. By the way, thank you for that. Oh no worries, thank you. And thank we also fine. ask, have you got a favourite cafe or restaurant in the area? Oh yeah. Okay. So I um I now live in Kooji. I'm an eastern suburb snob, not really. Um, <laughs> but in Coogee Main Street, there's my my barista called Soggett, uh, and he works at the San Antonio Bakery, and I love it. It is a good feed. So there you go. There you wow. go. It's, it's it's tough living in Coogee. I, I lived there for a, for a few years in my early twenties. I'd go down to get the the bread and milk from from up the top of um, Coogee Bay Road there and come home at four in the morning with a kebab and no milk and bread. <laughs> it's, not easy. it's not easy. I used to live on Arden Street. It's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, that's funny. I don't live far from Arden Street. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've lived there too. It is a beautiful part of the world. I lived across the road from, uh, I think it's Havelock Avenue there, right there in a little block of flats next to the hairdresser. Anyway, good times. Katie, oh, it is good times. You just mentioned uh, you live in Coogee, but... What else do you do uh, besides report on rugby league? Uh, yeah, outside of footy, I love going snowboarding. That's one of my big hobbies, uh, and I love the beach. So any travel, really. I think I've been in that groove of footy season is footy, 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 and then as soon as it finishes, I jet off and love to go travelling and catch up with my friends, two of my best mates live in Newcastle, who are my Grafton best friends, actually. So... That and family time back in Grafton and Yamba. Oh, that's convenient living in Sydney, a bit closer to the snow than Grafton, that's for sure. 
Yeah, well, I got down uh, well about a month ago, actually, just after I broke my nose. Um, I scooted down for a couple of days, and the road trip down there is easy as. So I'm no tour of bright. Um, don't put me in a half pipe, <laughs> but um, I love uh, the feeling of just finding some powder and going through the trees, and yeah, it's a good hobby. Katie, snowboarder, rugby league player, AFL, netball, NRL.com reporter. Thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio. Thank you so much, guys. Have hey. a great day, hey? Thanks, Katie. Take Good on you, Katie. All right, boys, that was a bit of a treat. One of the rising stars of the NRL, Katie Brown in the media. Uh, she's sensational, great to talk to, bubbly personality, and she's achieved a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was a good story. She's a sportswoman and loves rugby league, celebrating women in league round. Yeah, what a, what a fun girl. Yeah, well, North Coast girl, loves a surfing, like she said, and snowboarding. Love a bit of snowboarding myself, but yeah, I, I always listen to their show, Sowie and uh, I think it's Michael Chambers, and they always good, great, great banner on their show, week in, week out, on that um, that Monday show, talking the teams coming up and, and whatnot, so keep up the good work, Katie, and, and thanks for your time. And we might have to pump up the jam before the show to get in the zone, that was the advice. Bit of country, yeah. I, don't, I like a bit of country, country. bit of country and western, yeah. yeah. Cardi yeah. B, yeah. <laughs> I'll give Cardi B a miss, but anyway. Up there at Grafton, great part of the world up there. Yeah, yeah. And, she, sure mentioned, and she mentioned Yamber too. We went there for the first time a couple of years ago. Beautiful spot there. When she was talking about Grafton, I was picturing. I remember going for having a few beers and a food out on the river there, right out in the some the pub out there. Is it, is it the Manning River overlooking that uh, that river there? It was beautiful. Is that the Good one spot. where Kyle, Kyle Whelan went to? Is that the same Could have one? been one of Cole's spots, yeah. He would have been there if he hasn't. He's been everywhere. <laughs> he has. I saw the sunrise burn holes in your tired eyes. Walk in the beach straight through the heat. Down on the street. The street where you were baptized. Rabbitohs Radio is proudly brought to you by the Juniors and Ocean Dragon, the newest restaurant addition to the Juniors. Ocean Dragon Noodle House will spoil you for choice when it comes to noodles and authentic Vietnamese specialties. From healthy yet flavoursome dishes, including soups and stir-fries, to traditionally prepared wok and noodle dishes, consisting of the freshest local produce. Offering a $10 lunch special menu with a variety of vegetarian and meat options available from 11 till 3 daily. Open seven days a week. Ocean Dragon Noodle House. Proud sponsors of Rabbitohs Radio. Okay, boys, being women in league round in the NRL this week, we've got Alexis from the Rabbitohs women's team and she's also from the Rabbitohs game day team, boys. Here she is. Hey guys, it's Alexis here from the Rabbitohs women's team. Just want to give a shout out for Women in League Ground. It's one of the best rounds that we do and can't wait to celebrate. Well, welcome Alex. And you actually work for the Rabbitohs and you're on the, the game day team. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I'm the match day manager, um, which means that I oversee all the venue operations in the sport presentation on the day so when you go to a game and you see everything happening on the big screen or 
before COVID when we used to do half time or even before kick off the like we do competitions or relays or someone would kick the cash. So I manage and oversee all that along with like our corporate team. Which is pretty cool. And we also we help coordinate with production the the run out. So when you see the player profiles and then I don't know if you've seen this year we've introduced a countdown. So I'm the one that helps bring that to life. How many people are involved in the whole game day experience? So we've got a quite a big team and we work with other departments and we also outsource some of it. So with my team, there's about four or five of us like internally at the Rabbitohs and then we've got the production team where we've got our show caller, our DJ and then our ground announcer. Yeah, so it's cool. And then we also work internally with our digital department that produce all the content and with our corporate department that helps sponsor some of our half-time activations. So a few years in a row, someone's had to kick for a car, and they've actually won a car at our game, which is really exciting. Now, you've also got another role with the Rabbitohs, and you actually play on the women's team. <laughs> tell t- tell <laughs> us a little bit about that. So, like a few years ago, I, I was playing at Redfin, and I did my ACL. So I got about three games in, and then I wanted a way to still be involved while I was doing my rehab so I became the team manager and I was training with them a little bit at the beginning of the year then I did hurt my ankle so I kind of just took a step back and just focused on managing the team Um, and then during COVID I just started training hard again because we didn't really have anything else to do and then you know the season was confirmed and locked in and coach kind of said to me well do you want to play or do you want to manage? Because you can't do both. And I chose to have a crack at it and play. And it was very emotionally testing because I didn't get named for the first game. And I thought, oh, you know, I just put so much effort in and hard work and with my rehab and training and I didn't get picked. And then and then the next game, like the team list came out and we had the captain's run and he locked the team in. And it was just, the most unreal experience just to be out there mm. and to take the field and you know now I have I have a playing number I'm number 63 it's so surreal it's it's funny I've got this photo when I was like 10 years old I went to Luna Park Rabbitohs had a fan day and I got a little selfie with Reggie and with Brian Fletcher and just like if you had told little 10 year old me that I'd be playing for the Rabbitohs like 15 years later you know, I would have just laughed. Oh, that's <laughs> so, wow. That's what a wonderful. Story. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's, it's pretty great, yeah. And we've both got a mutual friend, Paul Boppaccini. Tell us about his sister, Michelle. Oh, Michelle. Michelle, where do I start? I obviously know Michelle through the club, as, and she's a member, and she's one of our most vocal members in the way that, you know, she just wants the best for everyone and wants to make sure that the club are always just giving their best and she's just she's so funny she's member 175 so you know we have what 30,000 members and she's number 175 and I think that's pretty cool that she's one of the foundation members and you know her brother used to be the assistant coach of the women's team and I thought why is she always here and then then I got 
to know her a bit better and I realised she just loves the club and she just wants the best for the girls. And it's just so amazing that someone has that passion for us and it just makes us, you know, when you're out on the field, you're not just playing for yourself, you're not playing for the club, but you're also playing for the members and people that volunteer their time to the game. She is passionate. She leads the team song and she loves that. You can see she loves that. <laughs> yeah, she loved that I actually knew the song. That's the thing with the girls. None of the girls know the song, but <laughs> it was it was like to actually sing the song after taking the field. That was pretty pretty amazing. But bless Michelle, she's so funny. She she came to our silly Saturday and she rocked up with a tray of water and buckets of KFC. So <laughs> you know she's not just there on game day. She's committed to us twenty four seven. Yeah, she's lovely. So before we let you go, we got it's women in league. So we've got two home games now, the Rabbitohs. Thursday night we take on the Doggies and then we've got the Chookies the week after. So have you got anything special planned for, for those two game days? Uh, well, obviously this one being the women in league round and then when we play the Roosters, we always, we play for the Wrong Coop Cup. So that's always a big one. And just playing the Roosters in the last game of the season, I think that will be, that's always a big one. You know, the rivalry there, it's been for so long. Even back when I was in school, if you were a Rooster, like, you know, we didn't talk to you for the whole week. Mm. So I think it's going to be a big one. Yeah, we used to love playing the Roosters. Always looked at the, the start of the year, the draw when the draw come out, when we're playing the Roosters, and it was always a big game. Yeah, it will be a good one. Well, Alex, thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. No worries. Thank you for having me. So, Alexis, also known as Lex, she's a lovely young lady, and we actually had a meeting with the game day team, Brownie, up at the Rabbitohs. We did. Okay, Rabbitohs Radio listeners, we've got Remembering a Rabbitoh with thanks to Brad Ryder. Phil Blake, Rabbitoh number 755. Born in London, England on the 24th of January, 1963. Phil Blake and his family moved to Sydney's northern beaches at a young age. He attended Christian's Brothers College in Manly and went on to play for the Australian schoolboys team of 1981. Blakey would make his first grade debut at the tender age of 18 for Manly Warringah Seagulls in 1982, winning Rookie of the Year, narrowly missing out on the Kangaroo Tour of 1982. The following year, 1983, the try-scoring halfback would set a new club record of tries in a season with an amazing 27 tries. Oh, what a player he was, oh. the whiz kid. That record still stands today, boys. He played 93 games at Manly, scoring 63 tries between... 1982 and 86. The Phil Blake chip and chase. Oh, geez, he was good at that. So much speed and pace and balance. Explosive. And, oh, explosive. There you go. There's another superlative. In 1987, he was a prize recruit at South Sydney, along with his older brother, Michael. He went on to form a lethal halves combo with South's legend, Craig Tucker Coleman. Those two were instrumental in South making the semifinals in 87, 88, and that famous minor premiership, in 1989. All up, Blakey played 74 games, scoring 38 tries, 8 goals, and 6 field goals. Yeah, so 
my first year was 1987 at CS and I played in the centres with Michael Blake and played alongside Phil Blake and yeah I just remember Blakey when he was at Manly in 83 just this legendary whiz kid who could do it all and I was only a 15 year old kid in awe of him and then fast forward to 87 and here I am playing alongside him so it was really just a dream come true for a young kid and on top of that he passed me the ball for my first try in first grade. As so, we know. <laughs> as, you're, as I've said before, but that's a memory that will never leave me. And well, Can you remember meeting him for the first time in that preseason or anything? I was playing on the field, training with him, and I've kicked the ball. And, and he said to George Pickens, who's that big lump of a lad kicking the ball? And George told him who I was. So, yeah, that's, that's my memory, my first memory of Blake. And what about yourself, Brownie? Do you remember oh. meeting him for the first time? Oh, I, I don't, haven't got a memory of meeting him for the first time, but I've got plenty of memories of him. Uh, he's individual, brilliant on the field, uh, but it didn't go unnoticed because he did a lot of work off the field on his speed. Always at Redfern Oval, training on the hills on his own, doing plyometrics, which weren't fashionable back in the day. Okay. Well, Rex, Rex must have loved him too. He used to tell the story all the time. Oh, I'd see... Phil on his own training down at Brookvale Park or yeah. on the Oval. and Yeah, so he, he obviously did a lot of work on his speed and, and it showed on the field and he was just brilliant. Well, some of his tries in 89 were just unbelievable in wet tracks and that and how he'd just blow people away. Yeah. he just run away from people that were pretty quick to, yeah. you know, full backs and wingers and put mm. a kick in behind, scoop it up one-handed and see you later. Well, you'd support him. He'd go through a hole and, and you'd su- support him to back up and you'd think he'd probably play a two-on-one on the fullback, he'd chip kick yeah. and regather. I remember one he did against the Broncos up there. Um, might have been their first first season, the Broncos. at 88 or 89 and done a double chip. Yeah. Kicked it over, kicked it again, picked it up and scored under the yeah. post. It was absolutely brilliant. Freakish oh. player. Yeah. Yep. I can remember watching that. That was a Sunday Arvo game from memory. In a footy show interview a few years ago, he said he was happiest at South Sydney having met real men like George Piggins. He left the club in 1990 and played for four more clubs in the NRL, the Bears, the Raiders, the Dragons, and then he also went over to New Zealand and played in their inaugural season of 1995. Retiring from the NRL in 97, he amassed 269 games and 138 tries. That's a hell of a lot of tries for a halfback, boys. He played one State of Origin game in 1989. And after he retired from footy, actually, in 1998, I read a story where he went to do a preseason for Manly. And halfway through the preseason, he just, his body just didn't want to play anymore. He ended up putting his hand up there. Then he started getting into a bit of coaching, boys. And like you said, Brownie, he was appointed South Sydney sprint coach in 2002 by then coach Tugger. Now, when Tugger was let go in early 2003, he was appointed interim coach until South appointed Langmat. So he was our coach at one stage, boys. Mm. One person that you probably forget. And I forgot about it until I read it the other day, and I went, that's right, I do remember that, him taking over. Now, Blakey got into a lot of coaching after that, especially in rugby. Coach Manley, the local side down there, in the Shoot Shield, Went on to be an assistant coach for the Western Force, the Perth side, which is, I think that's defunct now these days. Mm. 
Western Force, and he also was an assistant coach for the Wallabies. Mm. So he achieved a, a hell of a lot after the game as well. Boys. He's still coaching today in the UK. Yeah, there you go. Assistant coach. There. Yeah, maybe Leicester or mm. one of them rugby sides over there. Does he ever get to the reunions, boys? Obviously, been over there, he wouldn't get to many. Yeah, no, yeah. but he did it. We had our 1989 reunion, 20-year reunion last year, and we shared a video of that on our YouTube channel. And he couldn't go, but he sent a lovely message that was read out. And it was very touching, covered a lot of stuff. And, yeah, it was. he I couldn't be you, there. I think you might have posted it. I think I did. I posted it, so followers of our socials will have had a read of that. I might try and dig it up and post it on the episode webpage. Another memory of Blakey. Remember he made a commercial? He did too. I feel good. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Yeah, and my memory of Blakey is that he was always a fit as, good style of a bloke, good looking bloke. Then later on in life, he had a heart attack. And of all people, you wouldn't have thought that Blakey would be someone that that would happen to and it just makes you realise that heart disease is very prevalent in society. It's one of the biggest killers of... I think it's the biggest killer of Australians. Well, it took uh, that Iron Man, Dean Mercer. Oh. And he was one of the fittest Ironmans going around. There you go. He's a beast, eh? So, just as a reminder that you need to be heart healthy, get your regular checkups, do everything you can to make sure you're fit and healthy. Let's chuff off to another break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Hey guys, Samantha Weiss here. I'm a former Botany Ram celebrating women in league. Our father's brother lives here with us. He works the cash lane on the toe. Spend Sunday mornings down on the highway. Wrapping petrol station roses round a pole. We grow up in a circle. We face each other's homes. Santa's hanging up till August. You might have noticed that the music is being performed by a lady. Her name is Beck Jean Stewart. She sings with Perry Keys in his band. She's a fantastic performer and she's a Rabbitohs fan. On your back. Good on your back. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrah Real Estate. Now, boys, the NG Farrah team sold $16 million worth of property on Saturday so the real estate market is flying really do you sell one of your garages never <laughs> no no but Fats and the team will look after you there we'll post a link to ngfarrow.com.au on our website yeah the NG Farrow team they're full of rabbitos we've got Cameron Early down there Stephanie Farrow Champo Champo and the great Ken Smith now, Ken Smith is probably one of the the most loyal agents you could ever employ. Uh, he'll get the job done for you. He's a good man, Ken. Charlie. Charlie. He's a very knowledgeable, honest, and just a great knockabout bloke. So, he, yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. And if you're looking for an agent to look after you, hit up Ken Charlie Smith. Tell him Rabbitohs Radio Podcast sent you. 
Definitely. So let's look at the table. The top eight has now been finalised. Yep. The top eight sides will be playing finals football. It just depends where now. What order, yep. The Panthers, if they beat the Cowboys this week, will be minor premiers. And we need to keep winning to finish either fifth or sixth. And likely play the Sharks in week one of the finals. Now, the Knights are only one point behind us, though, and they've got two easy games, the Dragons and the Titans, where we've got the Dogs and the Roosters. So it could come down to the Roosters game for us, and if we do lose that and the Knights win, it could force us down into seventh and send us on a road trip to who knows where. So it's imperative that we keep winning. Yeah, well, we knocked them off last year in that corresponding round, boys. So we were out there, me and Brownie were out there at that game. So... That's doable. We can win these next two games, no dramas, and secure ourselves a fifth or sixth position. Doesn't really matter if you're fifth or sixth, I don't reckon. Mm. And I don't care who we come up against the finals, boys. If our completion rates up, hey, we'll knock them off. Mm. Yep. Well, we've won six of our last seven, haven't we? So we have, and I don't think uh, personally we've put in a, a eighty-minute performance, even against Parramatta. Um, we took the foot off the pedal a little bit. And, you know, I don't think we've played our best footy yet. And over the next two weeks, I think we've got to start to do that. And by doing that, we will take some good form into the semi-finals. And the other part of the table is that the doggies are running last, look like getting the wooden spoon. They haven't got much to play for, but they are battling it out with the Broncos. So that remains to be seen how that pans out. That's right, mate. Now... One thing that did catch my eye on the weekend was former South Junior Toby Rudolph, who was in our under-20 squad. He scored an unbelievable try on the weekend. He trampled two or three blokes. It was just an absolute try with desire and determination written all over it, boys. I don't know if you caught that one. Yeah, I did. He took a couple of players with him, didn't he? Pushed off a few. and Just ran that hard. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's going well, Toby Rudolph, along with a, another local South Junior... Sia Sifa. C.O. Sifa. C.O. Sifa. Well, I know him as Sifa. Yeah. Talakai. He's absolutely killing him at the moment. Yeah, they're both they're both flying down there. He's a bit of a character. I'll just go back to that, Toby. He's a bit of a character. I was reading an article on Sunday in the paper, and they asked him about his roommate, Liam Knight, because they had to move out because of COVID. NRL wouldn't cop on living together. Mm. They're from different bubbles. And they're, they're eventually, when the COVID lockdown finishes, they're all top mates are going to move back in together. They live above the pub. Yeah. At Maribor. He said, when the season's over, we're looking to do it. And he goes, well, it'll be a bit earlier for him. He'll be knocked out in the first week of the semis. But when we win the grand final, I'll ring him up and try and organise a <laughs> <laughs> organise some accommodation. So he's a good character. But it's, I think you're going to get that wrong, Toby, by the way. It's tempting if you like a drink living above the pub, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's ironic that we're talking up these good performances from the Sharks and we might be battling them week one of the finals. So watch this space. We might have to shut those two boys down when no. it matters. And do you remember the last time we played them in a semi? No, but... 2015, you, boys. It was the last <laughs> game ever. Isaac Luke wore the red and green jersey. We spoke about it here with Jeremy Muir that day. And um, they knocked us off, boys. But we, we were sort of fading that season. We were, I don't have that feeling this year. I think we've, we've still got a fair bit of footy left in us. That's the year they won it or not? No, that's the Cowboys year, 2015. They won it the next year, 2016. Which I didn't mind. I was happy, If anyone had to win it, I was happy that they... Uh, Got a trophy for the cupboard that was bare. All those shark supporters, shout out to you guys. No more bare cupboard photos being sent by your mates. They've had a win. <laughs> also, boys, 
Boyd Cordner. Felt sorry for him. Smashed his head into the ground. They said he passed the HIA, but there's rumours he may not play again this year. Rumours he might have to medically retire, which would be a huge loss for them because he's a great player. Oh, for the game. like How good has he been for the Blues the last few years, you know? Been a real leader. And he was on fire that first 20 minutes. He poured through a big gap by Luke Keery. They just demoralised the, the Knights' right edge in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, their form and, is just... But they put... I don't know. They, they sort of fell into a few little holes as well, though. Um, you know, I think an, an old Roosters side would have went right on with that and put 50 or 60 on the Knights the other day, but they fell into a bit of a hole and leaked a couple of tries, whether or not that was just complacency or not. But yeah. Tough competitor, isn't he? Boyd Cordner. Yeah. Yep. Very tough competitor, yeah. mate. He puts himself on the line, and we've spoken about CTE and chronic head injuries and you've got to manage it better now and if it means that he needs to retire to have his long term health then no one can stand in his way he's done enough for the game he's done enough for his team and for the Blues and for his country so big, big loss obviously Radley they've lost mm. the star back rower Cordner possibly but they might just pull out an inexperienced guy like Sonny Bill Williams <laughs> on $70,000 <laughs> only on a small contract 70000 well, speak- you know, I, I, you got to feel sorry for him to have to have to make him play now that Corden is going to retire. Yeah. Well, yeah. he played 33 minutes on the weekend. Hang on, boys. Let's put a candle out here. Let's light a candle for him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'll blow it out. Fun he number. played uh, 33 minutes and he he looked good for his second game in the NRL. He hadn't played here for what five years. Nah, he's a class class athlete. He'll, he'll get there. Um, we'll death ride him, but he'll get there. He's just filled that Victor Radley role. But about 50 kilos heavier. And he's a better ball player than Victor Radley. Put it that way. And talking about class players, Teddy just signed a $1.2 million a year deal. (laughs) How do they afford all these players, chaps? What's doing there? I suppose when you upgrade, I think Teddy was on about the 900 mark, wasn't he, or something. So you've Mm. upgraded him 300. Who are you going to take the 300 off in the the club, the rest of the club? They're not mentioning that bit. Mm. So who are they losing? They're going to upgrade Tony Bill. So there's... I don't know. Well, who the Twins got upgraded because they were on the shit twins. deals this year. They're yeah. getting bigger deals the next few years. Deservedly so. So, uh, obviously, they've asked Crichton to take a pay cut, but he's entitled to say no. Might have to play with 15 on the field or something. Make right. it fair on the rest of the competition. Well, honestly, boys, who are they losing to keep Teddy? I'm lost for words. I don't know. When, got- when you keep the greatest player in the world, he's the best player in the world, the most influential at the moment... You've got to lose someone. But they don't seem to lose anyone. <laughs> oh, they got rid of that winger for the Tigers the other day who dropped three balls with a line wide open. Yeah, that makes it fair. Yeah. Who, who was that? The bloke for the Tigers. That, that's how they got Sonny Bill. They released the bloke who was out of position for, what was he, out of position for 76 minutes of the game <laughs> to get Sonny Bill. Oh, maybe we need to get Nick Politis on. This, this all sounds fair to me. No, it's above board. We'll move on. Well done. Uncle Nick will come on and answer all our questions, I'm sure. He'd be happy to have a chat. Also, Todd Payton's gone to the Cowboys, which is a good move. He's got a big future as a coach. Done well at the Warriors. Chaps. Would have been a tough decision not to stay at the Warriors because he he's, he's a bit of an emotional attachment with that mob. Um, mm. He's done a fantastic job and and possibly coach of the year, boys. I don't know. He's got to be thrown in the conversation. I know Ivan Cleary's had a fantastic year out there at the foot of the mountains, Brown. Mm, he has, and uh, Peyton's done a tremendous job with the Warriors. From when he's taken over from Stephen Kearney, and um, obviously what they've had to deal with, you know they haven't been home for how long since they've been been home. They've been stuck in Australia for the last six months, and probably next year as well. So, but he's done well, and like you said, they're they're starting to play some good footy. And uh, attitudes he, there. I mean, he's 
He's done a lot with a little, if you know what I mean. The roster-wise, names, there's not too many names on that roster besides RTS at the back. The Panthers, they've got a hell of a squad. And he's done well with some of those young guys, but they already sort of had the ingredients, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think he's going to do well up like at He's the made a five-star meal out, of, out there at the foot of the mountains with five-star ingredients, but Todd Payton's grabbed two-minute noodles and, and put on a 10-course Decker Station, boys. <laughs> so it's, it's been outstanding. Well, he, he's had to get players from other clubs. That's right. To mm. come and help him. At oh, one stage, they had a squad of 20. Mm. You know, if they had a couple of injuries, they were going to look at fielding some of the coaching staff at one stage. But yeah, he's gone up the Cowboys. He's got Morgan, Tamalola, your boy, mm. Brownie. Some good talent coming for up there. The hammer on the wing or fullback. Yeah, yeah, doesn't he go? He oh. scored a good try the other day, actually. He did. He just got nice to the line pass. just with just strength and pace. Just got there. I saw that one. Yeah. You're right, mate. He's got a, he's got a bit up there. Right up, boys. We might preview that clash this Thursday night, 7.50 at ANZ Stadium against the Bulldogs, boys. Well, we'll be out there, Brownie. We'll be sideline watching the game. Yep. We'll give you a bird's eye view of the action. Okay. And it's a must-win game for us. And we said before, dogs have only won two games, but they're dangerous in that position because they've got nothing to lose. They can throw the ball around. Yeah, they've still got some team. still got some talent out there. We It's teamless Tuesday, but we're recording the show before the teams are out. So, Brownie? We should win. The dogs haven't got many points in them. That's why they're sitting last on the table, and I'm not a real big fan of uh, how they play. I think if we hold the ball, we will do a job on them. Well, you just got to look at, like you said, points scored. They, they struggle to score points. So I'm thinking if South can score three or four tries, it's an, it should be enough to beat the Bulldogs because they will only score that average two and a half. I think they average about two and a half, three tries a game. Mm. So all we got to do is score four tries, and I think we've got the ability to do that. Uh, especially the way we're executing set plays this year, it's it's been it's been a real feature of the season, boys. Yeah, yeah, we've got to keep that confidence going, and I'm sure we will. Now, Gago will be out. We said that before. He's lost. He's out for a week. Took the early guilty plea. We think Jackson Polo will come in straight in for him. Well, him and Masters played well together. Yep. Um, before Gags come back, so I think that's a bit of a natural natural progression, natural move for the coach to make. Yeah, they'll reconnect on the right there, and we've spoken about Jackson on the show. We think he's got a f- big future. Plays footy, not afraid to put it on the toe, offload, and take him on. And he's a good defender. So we're not going to lose a whole lot, even though Gags was big for us last week. He's been unreal, Gags. Mm. 16 runs for 217 metres, I said it before. It's enormous for your side out wide, the Queensland Origins. And the main start. ingredient he has got is experience. Yes, yeah, and he'll come back for that Roosters game fresh and... He looked sharp the other day, like just his foot speed and his energy does so many, so many runs out of our own mm-hmm. end and does and tough um, carries. I think you know our boys are going to have to roll the sleeves up and and fill the void there. And and Junior Tola looks like he may have one more week off. We asked Mark Nichols yesterday that. Yes, it looks like he might be one more week away, and and he's had a fantastic year. And he was sorely missed the other night in that second half. I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought we could have done with a body like that in the second 100%. half. hundred percent. He's been unreal for us. But that gives Jed Cartwright another opportunity, I think. And maybe a few more minutes. And settle in a bit more. I would have been nervous the other night, like I said, getting out there. and But he did some good stuff. And when he came on, he went into the centres as well. I don't think he would have been preparing for that. I don't think that was the plan. No. I'm not no. sure what happened there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he hooked Masters and and uh, Jed went into the centres and 
they went down that left hand side a couple of times and got around him. So, mm. but like I said, first thing I saw him do. We've got to fix that right edge, boys. We've yeah. spoken about a few weeks ago. It has been a, a a bit of a a bit of a weakness of ours. I know Melbourne put two on in the first half when we played them, and the Tigers seemed to attack there, and they found overlaps every nearly every time they went down there. So, going to have to get that right, I suppose. Giving them a, a bit of a backup there. Um, Gags and and Masters never defended together. So it, it does take a few weeks and Maybe a bit of cohesion. It. Yep. Maybe that's it. Because like I said, Steve Masters has been a good defender for us and and so has Jackson. So they might plug it up because, yeah, no good holding the ball if you're not defending well. And we might get a couple of predictions out of you, Blokes, for this week. I'm going to go over you this week, chaps. I'm predicting a big win. I'm going to say South by 18. Yeah, I'm going to say... 20 plus yeah I reckon we'll put a 30, 40 burger on this mob yeah 40, 40 points to 12 <laughs> boys okay we have the rabbit of the week brought to you by Burke Street Bakery the home of the ginger creme brulee tart and this week it is Zoob's Black he's a big fan of the podcast and we work with his wife Kaz she's a lovely girl and yeah, chaps, you've known him for a long time. I've known him a long, long time. He's a great surfer, great bloke. He's just doing a building apprenticeship at the moment. And he was a former, doing it at an older age, and he normally would, but he was a beach inspector for many years. He started the wars with me in 1999, decided to go down to the beach because he's super fit. He's a, he's a great waterman, you know. He's one person, if you're in trouble, you want him, he'll rescue you, no worries, mate. So, but he's always just been a mad South fan. Watches every week, texts me during the game about, you know, what's happening here and blowing up about the ref here and there, so. And I've seen Dubs perform. He's a musician in a band, so he's a creative type. He is. He was in um, County Waste, bit of a sort of rockabilly punk band there for a while with a few of his mates, and his son Carver's in a band. They're doing pretty well. So they're called Mordor. They're a bit more heavy. So music's music's in the blood down there. They're a great family, and Dubs, you're a well-deserved winner, mate. Good on you. Good on you, Dubs. And his wife, Karen, she's very skilled up on the electric spoons too, boys. Good on you, Dubs. Um, you will be our rabbit of the week and you'll enjoy the coffee. He loves a freebie, Doobie, so he'll enjoy this. I know another bloke that loves a freebie too. <laughs> who, who do you reckon that is, chaps? He could be sitting in the studio with us, actually. Nothing wrong with a freebie. <laughs> Tastes better when it's free, chaps. It sure does. <laughs> and Dubs... You have won a coffee voucher for a month at any of the 14 Burke Street Bakery stores. So enjoy that, mate. Well deserved. And if you want to be our Rabbit of the Week, hit us up. We've got a coffee voucher for a month to give away every week to one of our loyal listeners. All right, boys. Another comprehensive episode for the women in league round. Take us out, Mova. Rabbitohs Radio is hosted by Grant Chappell, Darren Brown, and me, Steve Maven and is brought to you by Export Freight Systems, The Juniors, NG Farah, Rise Foundation, and Burke Street Bakery. For more information on this episode, click the episode webpage in the show notes, and please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. We'd also like you to follow our Rabbitohs Radio Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube channel. We'll be back next week with another episode, and up the mighty Rabbitohs. Hey.